0: Well, greetings. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rod. And this is Brother to Brother. So, this week, we've got a little story for you, and I'll let my brother Rod tell you the story since it's his story. Take it away. So, this was my inspiration when I got out of the shower one day, (laughs) uh, not,
1: not too long ago, and this is a true story, right? It is a true story. Okay. And I looked in front of me, and sure enough, the toilet that has uh, been running for a while, it was running again. But this was no ordinary, non-functional toilet. This is a toilet that sometimes leaks and sometimes doesn't. Ah, one of those. So, it Did you re- buy it that way? <laughs> no, no, oh,
0: okay. that, that would... Uh, that would be regrettable. <laughs> just wonder if it was supposed to be that way. It wasn't. No, okay. it
1: it, okay. it worked okay at first, uh, but <clears throat> you know, sometimes, uh, as we all know, a um, a toilet will leak, and you can hear the water running to fill up the tank, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And um, other times, a toilet will work perfectly, and when after you flush, it will. It will fill up the tank and then it stops, and it's a it's a sweet sound when when, when the, the water stops, and it, there's peacefulness and and quiet in the in the camp of Israel. It sounds like this and is quite annoying for it, you. It, this has weighed on me a lot. It's become quite a quite a burden. Okay. The problem is with this toilet; it's the worst of both worlds because uh, it it works most of the time. Uh, but just when you think it is going to work all of the time, then it will surprise you, and and uh, you'll walk in and it's running uh, nonstop. So then you think, well, I've got to go to Walmart and, and get a get a get a new uh, fixture and get a new valve and, and and replace it. But then then it stops, oh. and then it's working. Oh, no. no, and no. then you think, well, no, actually it's working. And then the next day you walk in and it's not working. So this, you know, it's right in that in that middle ground where it's it's not exactly non-functional, but it's not quite functional either. And I have uh, it, it's become a sore
0: spot for I, me. I can tell it's an unre- nothing like an unreliable toilet. <laughs> It's almost worse than being totally broken <laughs> it's because just, it, it, it
1: tricks you into thinking, well, maybe this time it will work. Okay. And it always lets you down.
0: So you thought this would be a great lesson for for our brother-to-brother. Yeah. So yeah. Why, why did you think this would be a great lesson? So...
1: So you know, it got me thinking as I was standing there looking at my uh, non sometimes
0: non functioning toilet. Sound like you had a bad attitude. Maybe maybe not it, enough patience. It I mean, was maybe it was, the problem is not the toilet. Maybe it's you. <laughs> it, it was testing
1: my patience definitely. <laughs> okay, but you know, it got me thinking. Sometimes uh, if we think about our lives and if we think about how we do things and how we fulfill our responsibilities. Sometimes we may not be fully non-functional, mm-hmm. uh, where we're totally uh, saying I'm not going to do it, and I, you know, I'm not uh, willing to take on responsibility. But we're not totally functional either. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we all we can't always be depended to do something that uh, we have been given to do. Say, if if someone always has to check up on our mm-hmm. work, then we're we're really not fully. Fully functional, as opposed to to being someone who, when you know they're given a job, they're just going to get it done.
0: So that that's actually a leadership uh, trait of being reliable, not like the leaky toilet or the sometimes leaky toilet. <laughs> being able to be counted on. So that's right. You just never really know what you got. Okay. And um, you. So what scriptures come to mind when you're thinking about this? Well,
1: I think the most obvious one is uh, Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 19. I know it's not normal that we we connect scriptures to principles that we derive from a a broken toilet, but I think it works in this case. Proverbs 25 and verse 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. You don't
0: don't really know if if it's going to be reliable or not. It's just there. That's
1: right. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's reliable. Sometimes it's not. And it, it is. sometimes we can think of a scripture like this as a time of trouble, meaning, you know, the great epic moments of life when there's lots of drama. Well, no, maybe it's just also the small things where, we're, where we, we may need to be relied upon and those who are relying on us can't, can't be sure
0: can't. Maybe it's it's like uh, wanting to serve out of our own convenience. In other words, if it fits our plans, it will come through. But um, if it's you know not really our thing, we can tend to maybe not be so reliable. That's right. <clears throat> That's right. On the other
1: side of the coin, uh, over in Proverbs 25 and verse 13, it says, Like the cold of snow in time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him, For he refreshes the soul of his masters. So the point being there is that when you know that if you are in a situation, a position where you need to depend on others, and it could be in any any all kinds of different relationships in the church it could be in our own homes it could be our with our mate uh with our children with our parents you know those different types of relationships when you know that if someone says they're going to do something it's as good as done it's not they're not going to be excuses why it didn't get done, and certainly we all understand there are emergencies and that sort of thing, but when you know that this person will just find a way to get it done, it's it's refreshing, just like the scripture
0: says. You know, it, it, uh, it makes me think of, of the fact that if we are not reliable in taking on responsibility and, and, and duties, what happens is we stop getting asked. Right, you know. Yeah. In other words, we yeah. and then you're in a position of leadership, and and want others to take leadership that you're trying to pass on and delegate. Um, when when you find somebody is not reliable, you stop asking them. Yeah, you know, and then opportunities are lost because because you can't you just can't know. So it's certainly definitely a, a leadership trait. Uh, reliability is for sure. That's right. Absolutely. So there was um, when you mentioned this and you brought this up and you were complaining. So bitterly about your leaky toilet, as, complaining.
1: As a, this was a well, this well, was
0: a, a major major issue in my life. I, what I, could I do? I've got to wonder if this this is not in your life, so you can learn patience, and so <laughs> and so maybe it's not the the toilets problem. Maybe this is you know your problem. Maybe it's a it's a user problem. It. It's a user it's a user issue. Well, when you brought this up, it it reminded me of one of my favorite stories. By Albert Hubbard. Albert Hubbard was, uh, back in the late 1800s, was known for his, let's say, business acumen and, and, and philosophy. Mr. Armstrong talked about uh, uh, Albert Hubbard in his autobiography or wrote about him. And So there's this famous piece that Albert Hubbard wrote that um, had to do with the, uh, the, the war in Cuba. It's called A Message to Garcia. And when you brought this up, I said, "Oh, let's read this story. <laughs> it's a little bit long, but hopefully, uh, our audience will appreciate it." We've got all afternoon. We we're not going anywhere. That's right. And, and, and you're not going to fix that leaky toilet anywhere.
1: <laughs> that's right. I don't want to. I don't want to go fix that toilet. So, so let's I, just go ahead. Okay.
0: So I, I I'd like to read this, and uh, here we go. In all this Cuban business, there is one man stands out on the horizon of my memory like Mars at Beryllium. When war broke out between Spain and the United States, it was very necessary to communicate quickly with the leader of the insurgents. Garcia was somewhere in the mountain vastness of Cuba. No one knew where. No mail nor telegraph message could reach him. The president must secure his cooperation, and quickly. What to do? Someone said to the president, there's a fellow by the name of Rowan will find Garcia for you if anybody can. Rowan was sent for and given a letter to be delivered to Garcia. How the fellow by the name of Rowan took the letter, sealed it up in an oilskin pouch, strapped it over his heart, in four days landed by night off the coast of Cuba from an open boat, disappeared into the jungle and in three weeks came out on the other side of the island having traversed a hostile country on foot and delivered his letter to garcia are things i have no special desire now to tell in detail the point i wish to make is this mckinley gave rowan a letter to be delivered to garcia rowan took the letter and did not ask where is he at There is a man whose form should be cast in deathless bronze and the statue placed in every college of the land. It is not book learning young men need, nor instruction about this and that, but a stiffening of the vertebrae, which will cause them to be loyal to a trust, to act promptly, concentrate their energies, do the thing, carry a message to Garcia. General Garcia is dead now, but there are other Garcias. No man who has endeavored to carry out an enterprise where many hands were needed, but has been well nigh appalled at times by the imbecility of the average man, the inability or unwillingness to concentrate on a thing and do it, Slip-shod assistance, foolish inattention, dowdy indifference, and half-hearted work seem, to be, seem the rule. And no man succeeds unless by hook or crook or threat, or he forces or bribes other men to assist him, or mayhap God in his goodness performs a miracle and sends him an angel of light. For sitting now in your office, six clerks are within call. Summon anyone and make this request. Please look in the encyclopedia and make a brief memorandum for me concerning the life of Correggio. Will the clerk quietly say, yes, sir, and go, about the, go do the task? On your life, he will not. He will look at you out of a fishy eye and ask one or more of the following questions. Who was he? Which encyclopedia? Where's the encyclopedia? <laughs> was I hired for that? Don't you mean Bismarck? What's the matter with Charlie doing it? Is he dead? Is there any hurry? Shan't I bring you the book and let you look it up yourself? What do you want to know for And I will lay you 10 to 1 that after you have answered the questions and explained how to find the information and why you want it, the clerk will go off and get one of the other clerks to help him to try to find Garcia and then come back and tell you there is no such man. Of course, I may lose my bet, but according to the law of average, I will not.
1: Now, if you are wise, you will not bother to explain to your assistant that Corregio is indexed under the C's, not the K's, but you'll smile sweetly and say, Never mind, and go look it up for yourself. And this incapacity for independent action, this moral stupidity, this infirmity of the will, this unwillingness to cheerfully catch and hold and lift, are the things that put pure socialism so far into the future. If men will not act for themselves, what will they do when the benefit of their effort is for all? A first mate with knotted club seems necessary and the dread of getting the bounce Saturday night holds many a worker to his place. Advertise for a stenographer, and nine out of ten who apply can neither spell nor punctuate, and do not think it necessary to. Can such a one write a letter to Garcia? You see that bookkeeper, said the foreman to me in a large factory. Yes, what about him? Well, he's a fine accountant, but if I'd send him uptown on an errand, he might accomplish the errand all right and on the other hand, might stop at four saloons on the way, and when he got to Main Street, would forget what he had been sent for. Can such a man be entrusted to carry a message to Garcia? We've recently been hearing such maudlin sympathy expressed for the downtrodden denizen of the sweatshop and the homeless wanderer searching for honest employment, and with it all often go many hard words for the men in power. Nothing is said about the employer who grows old before his time in a vain attempt to get frowsy ne'er-do-wells to do intelligent work, and his long patient striving with help that does nothing but loaf when his back is turned. In every store and factory, there is a constant weeding out process going on. The employer is constantly sending away help that have shown their incapacity to further the interests of the business, and others are being taken on. No matter how good times are, this sorting continues. Only if times are hard and work is scarce, the sorting is done finer, but out, and forever out, the incompetent and unworthy go. It is the survival of the fittest. Self-interest prompts every employer to keep the best, those who can carry a message to Garcia. I know one man of really brilliant parts who has not the ability to manage a business of his own, and yet who is absolutely worthless to anyone else because he carries with him constantly the insane suspicion that his employer is oppressing or intending to oppress him. He cannot give orders, and he will not receive them. Should a message be given to him to take to Garcia, his answer would
0: probably be, Take it yourself. Tonight, this man walks the streets looking for work, the wind whistling through his threadbare coat. No one who knows him dare employ him, for he is a regular firebrand of discontent. He is impervious to reason, and the only thing that can impress him is the toe of a thick-soled number nine boot. Of course, I know that one so morally deformed is no less to be pitied than a physical cripple, but in our pitying... Let us drop a tear, too, for the men who are striving to carry on a great enterprise, whose working hours are not limited by the whistle, and whose hair is fast turning white through the struggle to hold in line dowdy indifference, slipshod imbecility, and the heartless ingratitude which, but for their enterprise, would be both hungry and homeless. Have I put the matter too strongly? Possibly I have, but when all the world has gone a-, a slumming, I wish to speak a word of sympathy for the man who succeeds the man who, against great odds, has directed the efforts of others and, having succeeded, finds there is nothing in it, nothing but bare board and clothes. I have carried a dinner pail and worked for day- days' wages, and I have also been an employer of labor, and I know there is something to be said on both sides. There is no excellence per se in poverty. Rags are no recommendation, and all employers are not rapacious and high-handed any more than all poor men are virtuous. My heart goes out to the man who does his work when the boss is away as well as when he is at home. And the man who, when given a letter to Garcia, quickly takes the missive without asking any idiotic questions, and with no lurking intention of chucking it into the nearest sewer or of doing aught else but deliver it, never gets laid off or has to go on a strike for higher wages. Civilization is one long, anxious search for such individuals. Anything such a man asks, shall be granted. His kind is so rare that no employer can afford to let him go. He is wanted in every city, town, and village, in every office, shop, store, and factory. The world cries out for such. He is needed, and needed badly, the man who can carry a message to Garcia. Powerful story, huh? Powerful account. Just really what it's talking about is reliability. And this is 1899 when that was written. We're talking about over 100 years ago. Yeah, And this theme of the importance of reliability. Unlike the leaky toilet, (laughs) right?
1: That's right. When you never are sure
0: what you're going to get. Luke 16 really, I think, bears on this. Luke chapter 16 is this parable. And verse 10 we have this statement: He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. And the parable is about the unjust steward, and the gist of it is basically that look, this um, this uh, the this, the steward who was being called into, into question, when he realized that his his job was on the line, he got the job done. He figured out a way to make the boss happy. And and that's what you read here in verse 8. So the master commended the unjust steward. It doesn't say God commended him for all of his actions, you know, but because yeah. it, it says he was in a sense he was he was shrewd in the ways of the world. But but the point is is that he 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 got the job done and and ultimately that's the lesson of the of the parable. Mm-hmm. It says the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. So that's a, a, acknowledging that is that's the reality. Um, doing according to the world's values will we'll will get you honored today, but we can apply that spiritually speaking if we're willing to uh, to to take on that same you might say mirror that same characteristic of being able to get the job done no matter what it takes. Not but not physically not in this world, but spiritually speaking we. You know, we have a, we're as in tune, you might say, to our boss, to God, as this mm-hmm. steward was to his boss, so that we're we're going to try to come through, um, and not demand that we, you know, every. La- I, I think it, it's sometimes we have to. God, he, you know, he teaches us, he trains us, and then a situation comes up, and and we say, well, God, what should I do? And, and it's like, well, hold on a second. I'm the the, bio, the book shows you how you've already done through this this before, so just. Do what you're supposed to do, you know. Be reliable, and and that's in a sense um, what this parable is is about. And then ultimately, we can't serve we can't serve God and and, and Mammon. In other words, we can't take on all those attributes in terms of so our, our our focus is all in worldly things. But we can apply the principle of reliability and being faithful and little as well as much. Certainly in our in our uh, behavior and our loyalty and reliability towards God. So. Right, so even in little things even in
1: because our our life is filled with little things, if we are learning to 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 grab onto a task and whether the boss is watching or not, God is saying that look this is this this is powerful training for being able to be faithful to me. another scripture that um that I think of is is uh- pr- maybe particularly relevant uh, relevant for our for our time. In uh, Revelation chapter 3, it talks about the lukewarm church, uh, verse 14, and to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Mm. You know, that's kind of... I, I almost would wish that toilet was was either working, <laughs> working or not or working you know then i then I would know where I stand with yeah. that, you know I know I need to get it fixed or I know that it's working and dependable but the 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 somewhere in the middle mm. is frustrating, and I think that's that's sort of what he's bringing out here and God is obviously God does not want us to be cold, but the point is if we mm. If we are halfway, we can trick ourselves and fool ourselves into thinking that we are doing the things we need to, when uh, when we really are not uh, really wholehearted and and uh, putting putting our all into accomplishing the task.
0: You know, we can say to whoever we answer to, in whatever fashion it may be. I mean, in a local, local congregation, if we are uh, if we're ordained as a, a deacon or elder or, or we're, we're not, but we're helping and whatever way, you know, we can say to, I'll say the boss, those in authority over us, Oh, I'm with you. And whatever I, whatever you, you need, i I'm there. That doesn't matter so much as when there's a need, are we there? You know, yep. uh, it, right. talk is cheap. And, um, so really reliability is, uh, it's an important trait. It's a, it's a big deal. So Okay, so I want to. I just want to end with uh, with with one more question. Okay, so that that's this. I think everybody wants to know. Everybody who's listening to this wants to know. What are you going to do about the toilet? I have no idea. You're, I'm I'm you're stuck. You're not sure. I'm,
1: I'm I'm not sure. I'm lost in this limbus toiletum area <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of 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 uh, purgatory.
0: Uh, toilet toilet purgatory. purgatory. I think you should just change it. That's what I think. I think you should just change it. so? Uh, I, I really the, do. Spend the uh, seven dollars uh, and ninety-five cents and get a new uh, well, valve. Well, how how long has it been <laughs> since it was working? At this point. Now, uh, is it working uh, these days or not? It, 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 well, the recent
1: trend is it's working. Oh, so well,
0: maybe you shouldn't. Uh, now I'm not so sure. Now we're back to. The now I'm not so sure. We're back <laughs> to the beginning. Oh boy. Okay I'll, well, it, it, I'll keep you updated. Okay, well we'll come back to this in the future definitely. Well, we definitely need to need to revisit this, okay. Okay, well, thank you for that lesson. I gave us uh, food for thought for our, our podcast today. And thank you all for listening. Appreciate you being there. I'm Jonathan and I'm Rod and this has been brother to brother. Have a great week. Take care.